Innovation has a lot of meaning in Israel. If you're an enterprise or a retailer, you want to be considered as innovative because innovation is part of leading the market. So I would say that this is a very good model on how to innovate. You need to identify, you have to have good scouting and strategy people and innovation people out there looking for solutions, calling for solutions to come. You need to have a good understanding of the, of the environment and you have to have a team of product people that are willing to do proof of concept without burdening the main business. You're listening to Leaders in Payments and Fintech, a podcast brought to you by Edgar Dunn and Company, the global payments and fintech consulting firm. Coming to you from the City of London, I'm your host, Martin Kodrish. And in this series, I'm meeting with leaders and practitioners across the industry to find out what it takes to bridge the gap between strategy and execution. My central question is, how can we commercialize and bring the benefits of ever deeper new technology to market in what continues to be a highly regulated industry? If you enjoy these interviews, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. So enough of the intro, let's get straight into today's episode. This week, we meet up with Ohad Maimon, who is CEO of Hype, a leading payments company in Israel, which processes around one in three of all merchant transactions in the country. We discuss how Hype was born out of the merger of four payment companies and spun off from its parent company, Max, which itself is a spin-off from Bank Lumi, one of Israel's largest banks. Ohad also shares his perspective and approach to managing innovation from proactively partnering with startups, conducting rapid market experiments, and then scaling up the most promising ideas to then successfully absorbing them into the core business. This is a great insight into payment innovation management in a market that is synonymous with tech-led innovation. So I do hope you enjoy this conversation with Ohad Memon from Hype. Welcome to the uh, podcast, Ohad. It's great to see you. How are you today? Hi, Martin. It's great to be here and it's uh, I'm doing great today. You're calling in from Tel Aviv today, are you? Yeah, from Tel Aviv. Okay, so maybe we can start off with a bit of a background to yourself and then let's talk about Hype um, uh, and the business that, that you're running and the background to that. Sure. So, uh, um, as you know, my name is Ohad Maimon. Uh, for the last uh, nine years or so, I've been dealing a lot in the uh, payment ecosystem in, uh, in Israel, uh, out of which I was like about six and a half years the EVP of strategy, business development, innovation, and data at Max. Max is a credit card company, one of the largest, uh, probably today the largest uh, issuer and acquirer in Israel. Runs approximately uh, one third of the uh, cards in circulation in Israel. Uh, it deals a lot with consumer credit. And in fact, it's kind of a spin off from the largest uh, consumer bank uh, in Israel, which is called. Uh, bank Lumi. So I've been doing the uh, uh, the strategy there. Uh, I was in charge of overseeing uh, the paytech uh, collaborations, which we have uh, which we have all poured into an accelerator called Max Value. Uh, I think that we have done extremely good in that, and I will be happy to discuss this on how we do innovation in Israel because. I think that there is a lot, uh, you know, a lot to learn on what you should do and what you shouldn't do in innovation. And uh, over the last uh, two years, uh, I have uh, we have uh, initiated and we have built a new company called Hype, which stands for Handling Our Payments. Hype is the consolidation of uh, four payment uh, companies with deals only with uh, merchant service. Uh, so we have combined together 
uh, the largest uh, payment gateway in Israel, the largest term terminal estate company in Israel, uh, a small payment gateway which was directly only to, uh, you know, deals only with developers, and a digital invoicing uh, platform. We, we have combined them all together. And then I had this crazy idea to, you know, to merge these four companies uh, together. I was lucky enough or crazy enough that uh, my shareholders said that they believe it's a great idea to, you know, to create one platform for merchant services in Israel. And uh, we have spun it off from Max. And uh, today, uh, two years after this, we are uh, dealing with serving more than 100,000 merchants in Israel. And we process a bit close to one of every third three transactions in Israel. In close to 33% of the market is going through hype today. Um, so that's, that's a bit about me. Uh, I think that uh, we should uh, talk a bit about the, uh, the payment market in Israel, which is a bit complicated and uh, which can give us uh, a, a very good background on why, why, you know, why was the notion of hype being created from the first place? So mm -hmm. payments in Israel is, and you know that quite well, I think, mm -hmm. quite complicated in the sense that they were, uh, up until I would say uh, 10 years ago, concentrated uh, almost directly by, by the banks in Israel. The banking system is being controlled by, I would say, two banks. The two big banks control 65% of consumer banking in Israel, which is a lot. Three big banks are controlling, I would say, close to 80% of consumer banking, including consumer credit and stuff like this. So I would say that the environment is quite different than other places uh, across the globe that you know. Other than, than that, in terms of payment services, uh, the payments in Israel has like kind of, I would say, a local scheme. Okay, we have our own central switch. We do not process transactions via Visa and MasterCard. And that, I would say, has, I would say, this, this has created a very strange architecture in terms of a broken value chain. So a merchant in Israel that wants to start dealing with digital payments, he has to negotiate with uh, a terminal vendor or a gateway provider. He has to deal with uh, an acquirer, okay? And if he wants digital invoicing, it's another provider. So I would say that we have created quite a broken value chain uh, uh, in Israel. And think of, think of the, the burden in giving a service to this kind of, of merchant, you know. He doesn't know where, where to start, okay? And all he wanted to do was to accept payments. So... The idea when we, uh, when we built Max, uh, you know, the beginning of uh, building a strategy plan was to create, I would say, to simplify the process. We understood that it's very hard for merchants to start accepting uh, digital payments. In a way, it's the thing that everybody talks about, you know, democratizing payments. So democratizing right. the acceptance of payments, creating, I would say, a simple environment, uh, a one a one-stop shop for merchants in which they can, you know, get or access to all their needs in terms of accepting payments. And when I'm talking about accepting payments, it's not just accepting the cards. Think of, you know, we are at the age of alternative payment methods. So in a way, 
it's become very, very complicated these days to be a merchant. Okay. You have this, all these channels. Think of it. You have to accept payments face to face. You have to accept payments online. Okay. You have to accept payments via, I don't know, text messages and stuff like this remotely. So you have many channels. And on the other side, on the other side of the matrix, you have many payments methods. So it's not mm. just credit cards. Okay. It's, uh, it's all sorts of payment applications. It's all sorts of, of, of wallets and every, every, each one of them has its own rules, as you know that quite well. So I think that this was the notion of, of create, of creating hype and, uh, and the vision and the goal and the mission statement is that is to help business thrive by providing with them with an holistic and simple uh, payment solutions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my thought was that we should take, you know, the business that work with terminal, you know, simple terminals, and we should be able to offer them connectivity, a full connectivity to the online channel channels, because we understood that online is going to come to these merchants and we will have to introduce this to them. Now, building hype happened at the same time that COVID happened, no. uh, which was uh, another challenge, except for, you know, merging all companies at the same time. And uh, I think that this was the first justification for the notion of, of, of creating this, this platform, okay? So we have integrated the terminal estate company and in terms of technology with the payment gateway, and we have created a full omni-channel, a real omni-channel uh, solution in which very big retailers and enterprises can see the full picture of their all their payments in terms yeah. of ATMs, credit cards, online channels, face-to-face channels, messaging channels, whatever you can think of, just in one place. And the next steps that, that, that we have taken is to introduce this platform also to smaller merchants. And I'm talking about, you know, merchants that have only three terminals, four terminals. And the next step, which will happen, I hope by the end of this year, will be to introduce this platform even, you know, to micro merchants. Okay. So if you have only, you know, a shop or one terminal or an online gateway and you would like to, you know, to connect mm-hmm. it seamlessly to a terminal to start accepting payments face-to-face. So that was the notion. Uh, the journey is still going on, as you can understand. Yeah. Uh, but it has its reason. And I think that this was the, you know, the, the first lesson that, I'm, that I want to share is the fact that when you're building a company and when you're building a payment company, you should have a very clear vision and you should validate this uh, mission statement every day. Every day that I you know, wake up in the morning, I meet my team, we see that the mission is still valid. You know, we, we are, there is still help that, uh, that merchants are in need of, you know, mm. to start thriving their business. Payment has become much more complicated. Than, and I think that you're talking a lot about this. Absolutely. I mean, it reminds me, the introduction of APIs is meant to make things simpler in terms of uh, integration, but has actually created a new type of jungle, API jungle. Right. Exactly. So you may you may have simplified the the, the the environment for your merchants, but internally or what have you, uh, that API jungle exists now, and 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 it's uh, and it's a it's a new type of complexity that we're dealing with. That's that's that you have touched exactly to the point. Yeah. And in fact, it's not just that we are creating new APIs. In some ways, we are creating even some new schemes. Think of what happened with 
Google Pay and Apple Pay. They, they have their own SDK. You need to integrate with, with this kind of SDK. Now, in terms of consumer, all you see is a payment button, okay? You know, just yeah. the payment button or pay. But internally, there are different APIs and they have their different rules, which right. are not, I would say, are not the same, okay? So we have created, I would say, a very complicated metrics. You have Visa, you have MasterCard, you have Amex, you have, I don't know, JCB and stuff like this. And then on top of it, you have an, an extra layer, okay, which is like now the Google Pay and the Apple Pay. And think of APMs, which is another metrics. You have PayPal, you have payment applications. And yes, it has become a very, very complicated, uh, I would say, environment. Now, I think that we as payment people are quite in love by, by the fact that we believe that the, the whole world is around payments. Now, in terms of merchants, we do understand today that merchants, you know, the payment is only, I would say, the beginning or the end. They need invoicing. They need ECR solutions. They need connectivity to gateway. They need payment page. They need inventory. They want, you know, the inventory on their online website to be integrated or copied to their ECR. We understand that the complexities in terms of being a merchant in these days is growing and growing. It's very convenient to become consumer these days. But in terms of merchant, I would say that the expectations are quite high and are getting higher every day. And, and in terms of those additional value-added services, I mean, where do you, where do you as a business, as a payments business, like you say, where, where we kind of try and focus on payments, um, but obviously the landscape is just getting broader and broader and broader. Um, where do you draw the line or where do you think the boundaries are or, or, or do you, or do you, are you led by your customer or how do you make those, those kind of decisions in terms of what, what, what requirements do you, you, you go ahead and support? Um, I mean, is there a temptation to solve for individual customers rather than the market itself? And, you know, and yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like, uh, it seems like, uh, I would say that this is an excellent question. There is always, I would say the, uh, you have to balance between becoming like a project company, which right. deals with a specific need of a specific merchant, as big as it can be, yeah. and, and building your own platform. Yeah. And uh, one big tip I have is that you need to standardize everything. The more you standardize things, it will be easier for you to scale up. Now, that yeah. doesn't mean that you will not have a tailor, I would say, uh, solutions for, for specific needs. And we do have it, but I would say that the time, one of the most, I would say, consuming habits that we have is solving problems of specific customers or specific merchants. And it's not just solving them. It's later mm -hmm. than on maintaining the solutions that you have built for them. Okay. So I, I can tell you that a lot of my time has been spent on how to standardize things and how, you know. Uh, to iron things that we have seen a specific need, but today when I'm building a platform and I want it to, you know, to fit to more and more merchants and to, to make it simpler, I don't think that was the right, um, you know, that was the right path uh, uh, to choose. Now, how do you address the, uh, the market needs and the, the merchant? Mm. There is no, I would say, um, there is no single answer for this one. I can tell you that we are taking two major approaches. Uh, the first one is that we ask our customers. I'm not sure that this is the best way to get results. Mm. Uh, 
And I would say for today, you know, if you have, you would have asked me like six months ago, I would say this is probably the best way we are making surveys and stuff like this. But for today, what we are doing, and I, I'm, I'm getting in love with this, it's, it's a notion that came from innovation. We are making experiments. We are just launching right. experiments. So I can give you a small example. We have understood that there are there is a, a scene of uh, of pop up stores in Israel and uh, small coffee shops and coffee wagons, you know, stuff like this, uh, truck coffee trucks and stuff like this. And uh, we understand that it's uh, becoming quite expensive for them to acquire terminal ECRs and stuff like mm. this. And then one of my uh, product managers came on and say, guys, let's give them a QR code, a simple QR. They can scan it and they can pay with every payment button, Google Pay, Apple Pay, all the payment applications, local ones that we have in Israel at the touch of, the, of, of, of your phone. And I said, that's nice. Have we made a survey to ask our customers? And they say, well, we haven't. But then one of the product managers say, but what happens if we just, you know, try it? And I said, guys, go ahead. Don't invest a lot of time. You can make it an MVP, and MVP can be crappy. Okay, it can be crappy. We just want to, you know, to see what are the responses. So we have, you know, we haven't published this. We have just uh, created a landing page and a simple onboarding uh, uh, process. And uh, in less than nobody talked about it. In less than four days, uh, one hundred and fifty merchants have joined it. Opt-in which was uh, wow. incredibly good. And yeah. then we, in these days, we're just experimenting, you know, there are difficulties in onboarding and stuff like that. And if this goes well, it will become a product, okay? So now, if you ask me if I would have done a real survey, nobody mm. would, you would say, yes, I want a QR that I can print at my own and, uh, and put it on my shop. Why is that? Because I would probably not ask the right people, okay? There is a certain niche that has a certain need that this QR code is, is, is solving for them, okay? And uh, experiments are the right way, you know, to handle stuff and to deal with innovation. Just create the right env environment for experiments, cheap experiments, rapid experiments, but they will allow you to engage with your customers in a way that will give you, you know, the right feedback, not a fake feedback. So that's Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's great. I mean, I think it's, um, you know, this question about how do you, how do you innovate, right? Or do R&D or, or do experimentation, you know, mid-flight, as it were, whilst you're operating a business, you know, how do you do both simultaneously? What's the best approach to doing that? Um, do you create a specific team or do you equip your existing product managers with the, with the ability to, to run those experiments? Or do you, do you set up a specific, you know, growth team? Um, to what extent are they then protected from the main business? Um, be curious what you think, uh, you know, how you, how you see that? Well, I think that after, I would say, more than uh, seven or eight years in this field, uh, I believe that uh, we have created a very good way to test or to scale up with, with invention. Uh, it worked this way at max and mm. now working at high. We have like a team that is doing the scouting, okay? okay. Doing the screening, 
understands how mature this the situation. Does it have any correlation with the services that we provide? Yes or no? If so, it introduces them to the right team. And from then on, we understand what are the exact needs. Does it need a complicated integration? Yes or no? Does it, does it need many customers? Does it fit the Israeli environment? Many, many Israeli startups are, are taking Israel as a better set. But as I explained before, the payment infrastructure in Israel doesn't fit, for example, for a BNPL solutions because we have free installments in Israel, as you recall this. Uh, the next step is to understand how quick can we get the response of the market. And we have a, a system running for doing proof of concepts, okay? Um, the sales are in charge for bringing a customer that wants to pilot. Now, I would say that this is a very uh, positive thing that I can talk about merchants in Israel. We are early adopters, not just in terms of consumer, right. but also in terms of merchants. For example, just uh, a week ago, uh, we are involved with one of the startups that has approached us, told us, I think that I have a good solution for, you know, for approval rate. We can optimize the approval rate. Now, you know, this kind of, of startups. And it seems like he has a very good solution. But once again, you have to test it live, right? To see whether it works, yes or no. So due to the fact that we have quite, I would say, a wide variety of, of merchants from the top enterprises in Israel to that micro merchants, some were yoga teachers and stuff like this. Uh, we have chosen the, uh, three merchants. We have approached them. Two of them said, guys, I'm willing to take it. Okay. I'm willing to take and to trial and see whether it improves my approval rate. Yes or no. Mm. So we are starting this proof of concept next, next week. Now think of it in terms of the startup. Think of it in terms of hype and think of it in terms of the merge. Okay. Mm -hmm. In terms of the startups, it gets the opportunity to validate a solution. That's a lot for a startup. I can tell you that. That's a lot. Probably, by the way, most we know, we know statistics. Okay. Most people will stay or most solutions will not succeed at the first time, but we are giving them the opportunity also to, to you know, to take the second step or the second merchants to take it as a try. The merchants from his point of view is going to, you know, is going to get a solution which is innovative and innovation has a lot of meaning in Israel. Every merchant here, and if you're an enterprise or a retailer, you want to be considered as innovative because innovation is part of leading the market. And if you are adopting more and more solution, then you are considering yourself as a leader. And I, I fully support this one. And I, I think this is the right approach. Now, he is getting this product probably very cheap because it's the first time or even free. And he's getting a product that is giving him real value because it's not, he will not adopt. Now, in terms of hype, we are getting a service that we can, you know, uh, integrate to our system, to our services, and we can scale it up in the local market. Okay. Now, yeah. if things work out, for the, uh, for the startups, they have a validation in one market. It can scale up in the local market. And usually then it takes the solution and trying to scale it up and, you know, in other markets. In Europe, 
US or, or China. Okay. So I would say that this is a very good model on how to innovate in the market. You need to identify, you have to have good scouting and strategy people and innovation people out there looking for solutions, calling for solutions to come. You need to have a good understanding of the, of the environment and you have to have a team and the understanding of product people that are willing to do proof of concept without burdening the main business. Okay. This is very important. If yeah, you are, I, I think that's, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's absolutely the point, isn't it? Is to how do you, what's the best model to, to allow the, the experimentation team to, to proceed um, sufficiently independently from the main business, but then still be connected to the main business so that it can be absorbed. Right? Exactly. Because I think often we, we try and protect that, in, that experimentation team and incubate it. Uh, and it gets so incubated that it's actually quite difficult then to reabsorb it. Exactly. Or, or, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, that, that's the point. That's the point. And I think that this is where innovation, this is where I see in other banks right, across the globe where innovation fails. You know, you take a solution and say, guys, that looks like a really good idea. Let's, you know, uh, let's uh, offer this to our customers. Wrong. If you offer this to your customers, you have to integrate it to your systems. And then you have risk management, you have legal, you have compliance, right. you have everyone around you. And the next thing that you know is that eight months have passed and nothing has been launched and the startup is dead. Okay. Because they have no, they haven't got enough money for this. Right. So I think that the real point in innovation is the ability to offer a proof of concept very, very clip very, very quickly, quickly, I would say, and to see that you are not damaging the main business. Okay. Mm. Only when you see that this is the right fit. And by the way, the proof of concept is just the beginning. After that, I will do a scale up of 5% of my customers and to see whether the pricing model is working. Okay. Are people willing to pay the right price? Sometimes you have a very good product, but nobody is willing to pay for this. Right. So maybe it's a premature market. Maybe the customers don't understand the value, they, the USP and stuff like this. Okay. There are many stages. And it's no, that's very interesting, real, yeah. I would say, I would say yeah. you need a real expertise in standing up with, with innovation. But I think that the most important point is, is the first one. The first steps, the baby steps that you should take. You should really keep the idea of failing cheap and scaling big, okay? Mm. Yeah, it's that, that sort of failing fast culture, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Um, you know, so, um, uh, and then when you identify a winner where, where you have that sort of that traction or that product market fit, then scaling up rapidly. And I like the idea of, of then applying a, a, extra levels of commercial execution, the go-to-market assessment to, to, to assess particularly the pricing model and the, and the willingness to pay for that additional feature, what have you, beyond just... Uh, it might, might, may well be an additional feature that is uh, improving the customer experience, but um, you know, does does it does it have does it have can it support itself from a sort of business case point of view, um, and additional investments that are required? So that's all part of your process, right? That, right. That that you've built that's, into your innovation pipeline. Yes, yes. I can tell you a bit about statistics. Uh, at Max Value, we have screened. 250 startups each year, out of which uh, 
2024 went to the stage of uh, proof of concept, mm. out of which 12 have become a, a product, you know, some mm. kind of feature in, in, in our system that happened at Max. Uh, I think that today uh, we screen less, but in terms of percentage, we uh, the ten, the number of POCs is is growing. Okay, so we, right. uh, and I think that this is part of the maturity of the market. We we understand today what to see or what not to see. Okay, yeah. I mean, going the, back to the yeah, sorry, you know, I was just going to go back to the point we were making earlier on around um, being customer led, right? Yeah. Um, because it sounds your innovation strategy is more is more you know internally it's connects to that that original vision that you you know remind yourself of each day uh, what your purpose is uh, and 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 it's it's led more by an understanding of that um, as opposed to the individual needs of of any particular customer but yeah. but surely there must be some influence by you know customers. Um, and how do you incorporate that into your innovation program? You're right. There is an influence. Uh, so the part of the innovation and strategy team is always uh, very updated with the market trends, mm. technology trends, and stuff like this. And sometimes when we screen stuff, I would say we see the trend and we say, and we scout the market for this kind of specific technology. I can give you a short example. Uh, for the last, I would say, uh, two or three years, the, and uh, a lot after COVID, uh, due to problems with workforce and stuff like this, many people are talking about autonomous shops. And I would say in right. Israel today, we have this kind of race, by the way, a race who would win the first autonomous, real autonomous shop, kind of yeah. Amazon Go experience without the hurdle and with a good shopping experience. Uh, in this battle, I would say you will see a lot of proof of concepts. Okay. And once we understand that this is, this is like the trend, uh, one of the things that the innovation, uh, uh, team or strategy, uh, manager did was to make sure that our platform in terms of gateway, terminal and ECRs and digital invoicing are all compatible and willing to work with this kind of platforms. And we made some adjustments. And then we made the scouting. We approached some companies. And uh, I can tell you that in the next uh, two months, we are launching like uh, two or three proof of concept of autonomous shops here in Israel. Semi-autonomous, full autonomous, the full experience and stuff like this. And this is happening because we have made adjustments to the trends. As, as you said, we have analyzed in terms of strategy, and this is why I believe that strategy is going very well with innovation, uh, because innovation is like the practical aspects of, 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 of you know, implementing your strategy. And so we have made these adjustments, and it's not just the people that come to us, we have scouted for, for them. Okay? And um, to start wrapping up or had on, our, on our conversation, um, final few questions from my side. I mean, do you ever, I mean, obviously Israel is particularly well known for innovation, right? I mean, it's, you know, there's an incredible amount of innovation within, within Israel. Do you feel the, the need sometimes to go further afield for your scouting? Um, or do you, are you satisfied with the, the level of innovation and the startup scene within Israel or 
I mean, just broad, more broadly speaking, where, where, do, where do you... I think that how do you think in, um, we have a very, very, very uh, live and kicking scene of innovation in it. Yeah. There is a saying that uh, I'm, I'm always saying that in, uh, if you come to LA, every waiter is, uh, is, you know, is a potential actor. Okay. In Israel, every waiter is a potential startup. Okay. He has his own startup. He's just working as a waiter. So, and this is the real life situation in Israel. We have a lot of innovation going on. Still, uh, sometimes I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm scouting outside for solutions and I, I can tell you that we see uh, incredible stuff uh, outside. Um, just a uh, few months ago, I've seen uh, you guys from uh, from London, that would say an incredible solution for developing markets in terms of digital invoicing that works on on very old terminals and stuff like this. So t- sometimes you need to get a refreshing point of view. Usually, if there is a need for the Israeli market, we can find we can you can you know we can find a team that is being able you know to work has its own startup on this one. But still, uh, in terms of open banking, for example, which is quite new in Israel, or faster payments, which is only now being introduced to the market, I would say that in order to understand the use cases and the potential for this. This is this is example where I seeing startups and scouting startups outside of Israel, trying to mm-hmm. better understand the environment. Okay, and in terms of um, you said you, you've got faster payment rails now in Israel. Do you just want to expand on that point? That's been a long time coming, or so? Yes, the, I would say that there were many talks about this one, and uh, Israel is a very I would say a saturated market in terms of, for example, credit cards, and we have the Fed cards, as you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of debate on what's the real need for FESTA payment and who has the real interest for this. Is it the, mm-hmm. the Bank of Israel, the regulator? Are they the banks, merchants, consumer? If you ask consumers, uh, you will get no as an answer. Nobody understands what are FESTA payments really mean for them. Uh, so I would say that it's going to be very, very interesting to see is there enough space in Israel for another rails to step in and right. you know to become quite significant? Because if it's like two, three, five percent from the market, it's not a real success. Okay. Debit cards, just for us to understand, debit cards were introduced to the market only five years ago, and today they are close to nine percent of the market of the cards market in Israel, which is to be considered quite big. It took five, mm-hmm. it, it took four years four years. I'm not anticipating that faster payments will accelerate will accelerate this way. I think that mm. it's going to be quite a struggle. And uh, I think that this is a good example of a technology without understanding the need yet. Okay, so we have to find good right. use to implement. Yeah. Um, talking a lot the, about being customer centric. This is a, a very good example. Sure. Yeah, the, the build it, build it, and they will come mentality, right? So just build. Exactly. Yeah. I would say that this is the difference. This is the the difference between being a regulator and being a CEO of a of a, of a merchant service platform. If you are a regulator, you you have your own interest, and you want to you know to expand the rails of payments. Yeah. It doesn't mean I think that regulators should keep in mind that that doesn't mean that it will succeed. The market 
has to accept the uh, these rails and has to uh, to understand what are the real use cases for this. And for now, we see little usage, I would say, in this kind of uh, trusted payments. All right, Ohad, perfect. Well, I think um, we can wrap it up there. It's been fascinating speaking to you today um, and getting an insight into the Israeli market. Um, the innovation process there is absolutely uh, incredible what, what's come out of Israel over the years uh, in terms of success stories. Yeah. Um, so um, also also always like the audience to be able to reach out to my guests. So what's the best way of, of making contact with you? Well, my LinkedIn page. Yeah, I'm open for uh, uh, for more and more connections, and I uh, really like the, the the notion of the engagement with with other people and with other ideas. I'm always open for new ideas and uh, always open to listen. So I'll be sharing the uh, your LinkedIn link uh, on the, in the show notes. So uh, thank you again, Ohad, and and have a great day. Thank you. It was great talking to you. See you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Right. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. To hear more interviews, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. It helps and means a lot. Also, I welcome any questions, ideas, or suggestions, so feel free to make contact and say hello. Reach out to me on LinkedIn or at edgardunn.com. You can send me a message there, or you can email me on martin.coderish at edgardunn.com. I look forward to hearing from you, and I will see you next time.